Welcome to the Wealth Radar podcast, where we scan the landscape and navigate the noise of investing in personal wealth. I'm Paul Fowler, and I'm joined again by my brother Jason. We're both certified financial planners from Fowler's Group, and in this episode, we'll be talking the basics of investing. Today is all about discussing the basic foundations and secrets to a successful investment experience. We're going to cover things like, why should you even invest? How do I start? And what should I avoid? And that comes from that constant noise of social media, or tips from mates at the pub or at golf, or even cabbies about the next greatest thing makes knowing where to start very confusing, to say the least. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure we've all been at a pub where we've got a hot tip from a mate, and you know what? At the end of the day, 50% of the time, they're, they're probably right at best. Um, but 100% of the time we hear about the times they are right and 0% of the time we'll hear about the times they're not right. Um, but I guess where we want to start is, you know, if we wind it right back, Jason, what, why would we invest in anyway? I mean, we all invest because we want to make money. That, that's simple. And that's, that's a really simple, simple answer. But at the end of the day, do you think it's important that we actually have a, a set outcome or a goal or, or, or a reason to make money. That's something touchy-feely. Is that, is that important, do you think? I think that's really important, Paul. I think that if we just focus on it's all about making money and there's no grounds or basis for doing it, it's very easy to get re- distracted or disappointed mm. when the returns aren't sensational. And we all, you know, having done this for 30 years now and our firm been doing this for 50 years, we all know that there's lots of times when investment markets disappoint us and if we're not actually focused on a why and an outcome, it's really easy to get distracted. And I think the greatest starting point is is why. And for most people, it's about having access to money when we're no longer able to go to work. I mean, that's basically, hmm. we all talk about retirement, whether it be superannuation or other some other nest egg. But really, the most important thing is to say, well, how much capital do I need hmm. to have so that when I don't go to work anymore, I've got access to an income that allows me to live? Because as you said, it's not necessarily about retirement because some people that's a long way away and I understand it's, it's it's hard to understand it's more about I guess we use the word being financially independent so you get up in the morning you go to work because that's what you want to do to fill the day in and that's what you enjoy but you actually don't have to because you've created a a pocket of gold or some wealth out the side that can can produce the income which is what you're talking about earlier absolutely I think that's the main thing it's having a, a reason for being and then mm. once we have a reason then we can structure really smart decisions around achieving that outcome and I a way I think about that, it's a, a, a lesson that was passed on to me from dad that I, I think he learnt from John Savage, which is a, 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 life insurance, a guy through MDRT in the, in the States many times ago, and he said that there's two types of people in the world. He said there's those who earn, spend, and then save what's left, and then there's those who earn, decide what they're going to save for tomorrow and spend what's less. And he said the most important thing about those two types of people is it's generally those who save and then spend what's left that have the greatest wealth because they've actually had a purpose and a reason for doing it. But generally, they're also the people that employ those who earn, spend and save what's left. Yep. And I think we've all all been, all been through that, the, the, the savings. If you, you live week to week and have a good time and what have you and say, right, I'm going to save this $100 at the end of the week and you do. The next week you spend $100 more than you need to and it comes straight back out of the tin. Um, I always relate um, back in my 
I guess, previous life, employee life, um, was a fair while ago, and you'll understand this by the, the income I was earning at the time, but I was actually an apprentice many moons ago, uh, not a good one at that. Um, I seem to recall a couple of cars falling off hoists. With- yeah, 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 I know, but we'll, we, we won't get into that. But I, uh, I remember being a, a first-year apprentice earning, I think it was about $130 a week at the time. Wow. You know, it was, it was good. We still managed to have a good time. Don't know how, but did. Um, but always remember thinking, oh, I can't wait to be a second year because it went from 130 to, I think, $170 a week in the hand. I thought, geez, all this money. And it happened. Don't know how, but it did. Anyway, I had all this extra cash on me um, and had, I didn't know what to do with it. But within about, you know, a month, two months, I was spending it and thinking, geez, I can't wait to be a third year because I have a big pay rise. Then I actually go from 170 through, I think, to 250 and that, and that happened. And within a month, I was spending that and going, I can't wait till I'm fourth year. Um, but I think the point being is that if you continually live and don't put money away, you'll, you'll find a way to live to your means and that's, that's just natural. So it's a matter of just taking a bit off the top whatever that may be, and then, as you said, spending what's left. Pay yourself first, spend what's left. Yeah, and picking up on that principle, I remember that um, you know, my first job was as – in my holiday job was filing dags off um, at a galvanising plant with a, with a file. <laughs> it, wasn't, uh, it was hot work, it was hard work, and I remember thinking pretty quickly, this isn't something I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and I was lucky enough, you know, I got out of university, I got a job, but my very first job was actually a monthly wage. And I yep. used to get paid on the 15th of the month. And I learned after about the second pay that if you don't actually start planning for what cash you're going to spend on a Friday and a Saturday night when you're in your early 20s, you very quickly spend three weeks of the month with no money. And and so that's when I sort of developed the habits, as we talked about there. Well, my pay used to come in on the 15th of the month. My credit card used to get wiped on the 16th of the month. I used to have a small amount that used to go into a savings account on about the 16th or 17th of the month and then I had whatever was left because everything was paid for was how I lived, you know, mm. and I certainly probably still back then lived much better in the first few weeks of the month exactly. than I did in the back, but it started a good habit. And I, I remember I'd probably been, oh, I'd be, maybe been working a couple of years and I remember taking a, a phone call from our grandfather, God bless him, um, dad's mum, GA, um, and he rang me and he said, Jason... I've got these shares that I've had for quite a while and, you know, I'd like to start tidying some stuff up and Grandma and I, you know, I need some cash as we just, I really don't know how to deal with this anymore. Would you be interested in buying them from me? And I said, yeah, sure, Gramps. That sounds like a good idea. And he, it was Westpac and ANZ, I remember it. And he said, uh, at the time, I think Westpac was $5.15 and ANZ was about the same, $5.25 or something. And he said, listen, Jason, I think they're actually worth about five fifty each. That's what they're going to get to. If you're happy to give me the five fifty each for these shares, then I'll do all the paperwork and I'll transfer them to you and you give me the cash. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea to me. It's a forced saving. And I think it cost me, I don't know, maybe five grand, six grand, which was a reasonable amount of money. I'd been working for a couple of years, but I'd managed to save a bit. And... The most important part about that story for me is is twofold. One, it forced me to start. I bought something. Right? I paid a bit more, but I didn't do any work for it. It turned up. But the second part of that is it's once starting, the real secret in investing is actually continuing to do and not get in the way of things that will just happen. And I remember we took those shares. Back in those days, you could do – well, I chose to do a dividend reinvestment plan. So the, the, the income that the companies earned came back out and I took the choice to reinvest them as shares. And I just put those, effectively put them in a drawer and forgot about them. 
right? And every year I'd have to do my tax. I'd have to find four pieces of paper to give to Uncle Jerry to do my tax return for me. And then I sort of didn't pay any attention. And it was only maybe 10 years ago. So I, you know, I've owned them for 15, 16 years at that point. We're actually started to take notice, A, of the size of the check that came in every six months from those shares, but the value in that five or six or $7,000 had grown to close enough to $100,000. And all I'd done was get out of the way and let things take care of themselves. I think the other important thing you, you mentioned there as well, um, and you did it by dividend reinvestment, um, where you can set up portfolios. And as long as you are contributing on a, on a regular basis, certainly when you're starting out, I think the most important thing, rather than investment re- return, we all know returns good and, and needed, but in the early years, it actually doesn't make a lot of difference unless you're putting the money in. And it's really probably the first 10, 15 years that what you put in is going to create the better result for you as opposed to the return you get along the way. It's not until later on, compound interest, you have a, a large sum of money, that the return really starts making a difference. So why chase it early? That's exactly right. I think that that's, that's a really important lesson. I think the hardest thing here is just to start. People yep. say, what do I do? I said, realistically, start with a bank account. You know, mm. Get that, like you said, that $100, that surplus, whether it's a week or a month or whatever, and just start putting it away. Put it in a bank account that doesn't have an ATM card on it, yep. right? So I remember my first bank account um, that I had and I put some savings in. I actually used to make, make a telephone call. It was a 1-800 number. Um, Showing my age that I had to make a telephone call as opposed to doing it on an app. But to get money out, I had to make a phone call. I could take a minimum of $500 out of the account and I had to wait 24 hours for it to come, which meant that this instant gratification of I need the money to spend, by the time I'd got home, realised that I had to ring up and I went, oh, it's not that important it's anymore. Bad. All right, so it was... Mm. That was as much about that was a, a great investment experience because it was the discipline and the barrier that I put to entry meant that I had some money that stayed on. And yep. if you can do that, then then we start to talk about well, where do I go next? Develop so a habit. Yep, that's your, well. Okay, so you set up the saving, which isn't we've established that that that's probably the most important to start. But now we build up in the savings here. And what what are you investing? I mean. Depends who you listen to. There's a thousand investment options. But at the end of the day, there's cash, property, shares, some sort of derivative of that. I guess now we have crypto and you might want to talk about crypto a bit a bit, a bit more. But that's the basics, isn't it? Yeah. Get the savings and then start picking Absolutely. an asset class that suits you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and the important part about investing is at some point you need a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Right? One, of the, one yep. of the easiest lessons is A, to start, B, to start doing something. Um, and whether it's, you know, go and buy a sick, you know, $1,000 worth of bank shares or, or Telstra or ideally go and buy an ETF, you mm. know, like yep. you go and buy a Vanguard Australian share ETF that has great diversifications buying four or 500 different companies um, or you could buy a balanced ETF that has some cash, some property, some bonds, some shares, some Australian shares, some international shares, but just start doing, all right? Because yep. I think the important thing and why we get this out in this, we, we're in a... An environment now of instant gratification and we want the best today and we want to see these massive returns tomorrow but most people who um, have done this for any people or just got a job everyone's got a super fund right and it's amazing how no one pays attention to their super fund until the balance generally gets around about a hundred thousand dollars right which is generally for some people that's 10 years after they've started working depending on what they did right but suddenly when it becomes of size we take some notice and then we try to do something with it rather than just continue to allow it to do what it needs to do mm. right because 
Maths is the greatest thing in investing. Compound interest is a marvellous thing. And as you go, the more you get, as long as you keep doing. If you can then be topping up along the way yep. and diversifying and not trying to take action. I think that the hardest thing with all the information that's out there at the moment, say, for example, a couple of years ago, we did a webinar, right, when when COVID came in, yep. right, and it was going to – the world was going to end from investment right. parkers. It was going to be the next global financial crisis. You know, at the moment, we've got a war going on, you know, up mm. in the UK, which is all terrible, and, and markets are influenced by that. But what we know over a long period of time is that markets just analyse information – and over a long term, they deliver a return. And a wise man once said, when volatility is around, all that, the, all that markets do is take from the impatient and give to the patient. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. It's, a really, it's a really powerful thing. But it, but it is important to have a, as we said at the top, it, it's important to have a strategy in pace so when times like that happens, you're not, you're not thinking you have to do something to change to get, to get a better return. It's an interesting article, um, the S&P 500 is an article that... In the last 20 years, um, this is sort of to the year ending 2019, started 2020, so just before COVID, but it doesn't make a lot of difference. If you actually had money in the market for the last 20 years, the S&P 500 index, you'd have had a return of about 9, 9%. If you missed the 10 best days, so there were basically 5,000 days of trading over that yep. period, if you got out and missed the 10 best days of that trading, your, your return basically halved by missing 10 out of 5,000 days. Absolutely. And that's just how quickly things can happen, right? Mm. And, you know, on the, we're always looking for, oh, if it's up, we need to sell, or if it's drop, you know, we need to get out. And it, we, we live by emotion, this emotional curve. And, and what that emotional curve does is a, a gentleman um, in the US that does some sketches, and uh, Carl, and one of the things that he talks about is the behaviour gap, which is the difference between what investment markets give, which is what you've just talked about, 9% return over a, you know, whatever it was, 25-year 25 25 period, period yeah. versus what investors get. And the only difference between the two is people taking action. And yep. if you stay in for a long period of time um, and you have a diversified approach and you're consistent with what you do and you remember why. Keep coming back to mm. that same thing. If there's a purpose, you will have a reason to stick with it. Sure, there is occasions when life changes massively and we have to change direction. But for most people, that isn't because something's going on in investment markets. It's because something's happening to us as individuals. And it's taking action when emotion takes over mm. that actually hurts our investment experience. And, and it's, I think it's important not to take risk that you don't have to necessarily take for money that's going to be your base in the long term. Um, because there's a lot of people out there that want to take more risk than, than, than the average person, for example. But I think at the end of the day, if you build up that base and you have spare money to, to play around with, sure, if that's what you like to do to get the thrill, the experience, go, go and do that. Have, have a crack. I don't think there's an issue with that as long as you understand that you can build your, your base first. Absolutely. And a lot of people compare... Um, the return they have from investments to particularly, well, particularly in business to the return that they get out of being in business. And mm. you will never match the two no. up, right? You, you, as um, Dad once said to me when we were visiting uh, a client who had a phenomenal business and made great, um, great revenue, but he was all about how do I get some capital, some of that capital that I'm creating and put it somewhere else that isn't at risk of the business. Right, because he was really good at selling fruit and veggies, mm. right? and he had a great business. But what he was also smart about was taking some of that income over time and taking it outside the business, 
sure, keeping it in, he could have got a great return, but he was yep. always at risk. And so it was about creating a safe, we talk about core capital, a safe amount of capital that is independent of how we earn our income, yep. that is there for when we stop choosing to do the things that we choose to do. All right, And as long as we do that, and then we're smart about diversification, having a bit of everything, and planning for the long term, generally the experience is going to be fantastic. And I think diversification is really important from the start because inherently if you are investing in an asset that's going to grow for you over time, there's, there's investment risk. You, 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 you can't get a return that's going to be better than putting your money in the bank and expect that there's no risk that come, comes attached to it. You just Absolutely. need to understand what that risk is. But in saying that, there's also extra risks that people take that they don't need to take um, as well. So, for example, investing in – so if we just use shares, for example – Yes, investing in shares, there's, a, there's an investment risk attached to that. But if you're buying one share in, in a bank as opposed to buying 10 shares in five, ten, banks. five banks, then you can actually remove a bit of that, that re- investment risk by diversifying away. Absolutely. There's lots of academics that have written about mm. that sort of stuff. People won Nobel Prizes for this stuff, but it's it's boring and consistent and people are looking for something that's smart and sexy mm. where when it comes to investing, just doing the right, disciplined, consistent things is actually the best thing that we can do, right? And having a what, as, as I said at the beginning, just starting with an ETF that has a broad base of shares or has a mixture of shares and property, has some money onshore, money offshore, is really just a really smart place to get. Because investing is the one thing you get for free. Sorry, diversification is yeah. the one thing you get for free in investing. Yep. It costs you nothing, but it delivers so much, particularly when you have volatility, Yep. Right? And that's when it pays. People say, why do I have this boring fixed interest fund that's earning nothing when shares are doing 12%? Because when COVID hits and shares are doing minus 20%, generally that boring fixed interest stuff is doing you exactly what it's bit. meant to do. Exactly. Right? And means you have that capital to take an income if you happen to be in drawdown without the worry of what's going on around yeah. you. I think one of the best stories is the Warren Buffett story. Um, yeah, probably number one investor. Everyone knows him from an investment point of view. He started... Investing at age 10, I think, um, at around age 20, he had about $5 million. That's in, if we're talking today's, today's dollars. dollars. But the interesting thing is that 99% of his total wealth came after the age of 50. Wow. And then at the age of 60, I think 97% of that wealth came actually after the age of 65. And that's the and now benefit not of comp- $90 billion. Yeah, that's it's a right. lot of money. And that's the benefit of compound interest, right? So he just consistently was doing the same thing over a long period of time and yep. money makes the money. Well, the, right? inter- the interesting thing about it is if he actually didn't start at 10, he started at age 20. Yep. And then he stopped at age 65, he actually wouldn't have a lot of money. Well, he still have a crap load of money, but <laughs> he'd only have about $13 billion as opposed to the $90 billion, yep. simply because of the time. Yeah. And that's, that's the important thing. And I think that the lessons in this, there's some simple things you need to follow. But in reality, from my point of view, A, it's knowing why we're starting, having a plan for what we're going to do because we start, and then staying the course through time, right? There will be times. There'll be some times when things are going really well, we can put more money in. There'll be times when family situations change and, and suddenly cash isn't as valuable, well, it's, not, it's always valuable, but it's as hard to come, harder to come by, so maybe we have to scale back a bit. But it's just having a consistent thing over a long period of time leads to real wealth and yep. having real choice. Wealth is about choice, right? It's about getting to a point. Money doesn't make happiness, but it sure gives you options about yep. how you go about enjoying your life if you're fit and you're healthy. Yep. 
and yep. that's really it's important. At the end of the the goal of investing at the end of the day, it's not it's not about minimising boredom at all. It's about maximising returns. So you don't have to touch it all the time to try and get a better return just because you feel you've got to do something. Absolutely, I think that's important. Yeah, that's really important. So, rightio. So, I think essentially in conclu- in conclusion to what we've sort of said today, um, I think it's important to have a plan, have a as a have a have a reason as to why you want to put money away. Discipline is probably the the most important um, the whole way through. Um, and just think think of investing like a cake of soap, right? The more you put your hands on it, the smaller it's going to get. And I think that's really I that's think, that's, really, I think that's really important. Uh, but most of all, avoid the noise, the pub chat, the cabbie talk, as as, as Jason um, mentioned earlier, and, and and just keep going. So hopefully um, you've enjoyed today's discussion. Please pop over to the Wealth Radar Facebook. Let us know your thoughts about what we had chatted about today, and suggest some topics that you'd like us to talk about in the future. Make sure you like the page. There's the plug. Make sure you like the page because that's where we'll be posting when our next episodes are coming out so you'll never miss one and tell you uh, what we're going to talk about in the future. So very much thanks for listening and we'll chat to you next time. See you next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only and the information contained is of a general nature and may not be relevant to your particular circumstances. The circumstances of each investor are different and you should seek advice from a professional financial advisor who can consider if particular strategies and products are right for you. In all instances where information is based on historical performance, it is important to understand this is not a reliable indicator of future performance. You should not rely on any material on this podcast to make investment decisions and should seek professional advice. Fowler's Group ABN 5710524284 is an authorised representative number 230575 and credit representative number 403265 of FYG Planners Propriety Limited ABN 5509497254 Australian Financial Services and Credit Licence Number 224543.